Hello, and welcome to Meditations from Middle Earth. My name is Strider, and I'm a Christian worker here in where I call Middle Earth. We love to meditate on God's Word, and He's given us so many unique and rich experiences here in Middle Earth, and I'd like to share those insights with you here on Meditations from Middle Earth. Today, as we begin to look at the uh, spiritual discipline I want to talk about, um, we're not strictly speaking doing a spiritual discipline today, or not what's called a classic discipline anyway. We're going to talk about leadership this morning. We're going to talk about spiritual leadership and then move into our meditation. And uh, I'm going to give away the game here and say that uh, I think the main thing that we can learn from Uh, the temptations uh, lessons here um, in Jesus from Jesus temptations in Matthew 4 is uh, is leadership and character Um, this is this is what he's he is being tempted to do things the devil's way or the world's way I would say instead of the father's way in this in the kingdom way when we look to the world we see uh, a kingdom of fear. When we look to the kingdom of God, we see the kingdom of love. This is the contrast, and this is where um, where we're to look. And and let's just to get started talking about leadership. Uh, let's say right away that all men and women are flawed. We're all uh, sinful and fall short of the glory of God. And a lot of times when we try to measure leaders, what we're trying to do is to see who's better than whom. If somebody can sin a little less or do good a little more, then maybe that's the leader for us. And that's not, I'm going to put it to you that that's not the way to measure that. I think that the way to measure a person in general, as we're, as we're, as we're looking around and we're, and we're saying, well, who is that person? And I think as we look around and, and decide who someone is, that the way to do that is not so much to try to figure out what they're hiding from you. You know, everybody's got their dark secrets, right? There's the things that they think about in the night, and they really don't want you to know about that because it's, it's, uh, it's covetousness and lustful and selfish and greedy and self-centered. And everybody has these icky places inside of them uh, that come out in various um, ways. And so I think... Since we all have that, that's kind of a, a starting place. Well, we all have the icky stuff inside. The question then becomes, for me, is not what somebody's trying to hide, but what are the virtues that they're trying to um, portray? What are they trying to say about themselves to you and to the world uh, that they want the world to know? What people brag about is a bigger tell than what they're trying to hide. And I would, I would say that right now in current events, we have a really, really good example of this. Okay, so right now, uh, Volodymyr Zelensky is the president of Ukraine and Vladimir Putin is the president of Russia. And these guys are locked in a horrific conflict. Ukraine uh, has been invaded by Russia and uh, the fight is there on the ground. And who are these two leaders? Now, as I live here in Middle Earth, 
I, um, uh, lots of people have lots of opinions. And if you were to ask the average person on the street, who is an example of a really great leader? Who's a strong leader that's really admirable? And a lot of people here in my part of the world would say Stalin. Now, a lot of people in um, the West would say people like uh, Abraham Lincoln, George Washington, um, or even going to Europe, you would have um, examples of people like uh, Winston Churchill or, uh, or more recently Andrew, Angela Merkel. Uh, so you have different, uh, very different kinds of people being promoted as good leaders. And so what's, what is my take on that? Well, I would put it to you that if you're, it depends on what you want in a leader, right? Because all of the people that I just mentioned all have flaws. None of them are perfect people. So what are they promoting? Well, let's look immediately here to the Ukrainian situation. Here you have uh, Vladimir Putin, in the president of Russia. He's been the president of Russia for a long time. He comes out of a security services background. Um, he is incredibly intelligent. He is very strong. He has strong opinions. He has a strong vision. These are all things that we would say are uh, important in a leader. And um, as, we, as we look at his leadership and we see what he's done and how he's run things, um, what is the things that he brags about? I mean, obviously there are things that he would love to hide, Right. Um, there, he does not want you to know everything about him. And there's a lot about his personal life that we don't know. He seems to be an extremely disciplined person. He's physically fit. Uh, he keeps himself in shape. And, um, he, and, and he uses that to portray strength. Again, these are all values that we would think are really positive. And the things that he wants to hide, well, we're not very sure about that. But what does he brag about? How does he lead? And that, I would put to you, he leads primarily through fear. Uh, by pro projecting himself as a strong leader means that he's very willing to crush those who are weaker than him. Anybody who opposes him is going to get crushed. And he's very vocal about that. He, he doesn't do that in secret. He's not, um, uh, he's not secretive about how he leads, how he takes care of the opposition, how he takes care of the people that he perceives as his enemies. He's not subtle about that. Um, he's, he, it's, it's, not a, it's not a weakness that he has that he wants to hide that he has um, poisoned some of his opposition, for instance, or, or brutally cracked down on those uh, who oppose his regime. He's, he's not subtle about that. He's, it's something he brags about. Uh, this is, you know, you come against me, you come against uh, a serious force, and I will crush you. This is part of his persona. Uh, it's how he projects strength and how he wants to be a leader. And many people respect that. Now, you contrast that with somebody like Volodymyr uh, Zelensky. He came to power in 2019. Uh, he's a very controversial figure. He was a comedian, and a lot of people didn't like him because um, he, he, uh, 
doesn't necessarily portray strength in the way they want to portray strength. A lot of people weren't convinced that he was the leader for the moment. Um, and as, as Ukraine faced uh, various difficulties in trying to uh, get itself into the 21st century and develop, uh, there were accusations of corruption going back years and years. And is Zelensky the one to fix all this? Because the first thing that he did when he came into office was he said, don't put my picture up on all your walls. This is a, a, a classic strongman uh, thing to do, by the way. In our part of the world, uh, the leader has his picture in every government office around the country. And uh, this is a this is just just something that they do. They promote themselves. A, it's a it's always a cult of self promotion, and that's what a strong leader does. Zelensky immediately said, "No, don't do that." He says, "Put pictures of your families up in your offices, and as you're going to make your decisions day by day, look at your pictures of your children and make those decisions." I thought that was a very powerful statement for him to make. Uh, and very different than the kind of fear uh, position that he wants that that a, a normal leader in this part of the world would would uh, go about doing. And so, I I, I find it very interesting that um, these two leaders are very very different. Um, the normal thing to do when your country is invaded, if you go to look at at coups in different situations in Africa or uh, the Middle East, or anywhere around the world, what happens when uh, there's an invasion, what happens when there's a coup, what happens when there's unrest, you get the leader to safety. And if that's um, uh, in, a, in a neighboring country or a safe place in their own country, uh, this is the first thing you do. Uh, Zelensky's not done that. He stayed in the center of Ukraine. He's still operating out of his government offices where everybody knows that he is, and he's leading. He's saying to Ukrainians, we're staying and fighting, and I will be leading you by staying and fighting. And uh, he has become a, a real hero uh, around the world uh, by standing up and doing this. And I, I think that's a very powerful idea. He's not leading through fear. He's not saying, hey, you guys all have to fight or I'm going to punish you. He's saying, let's go. I'm staying. Why don't you stay with me? Uh, that's a very different way to lead and a very powerful message to send. So I think as we think about leadership, uh, and leadership uh, as I often um, describe it, you know, we can lead in uh, the power of love, which is, uh, serves others, or we can lead in the way that the world leads through manipulation and coercion and fear. Uh, those are the two ways to lead. Uh, there might be people who would say, oh, there's lots of different ways to lead. I disagree. I think they all fall into these two categories. And there's the kingdom of God way to lead through love, and then there's the kingdom of this world. And uh, we have a very good example of this on the world stage right now uh, with, with Putin, who has used fear for years and years uh, to build up his own cult of personality and, and some commentators will say, oh, you know, he's all about Mother Russia. Um, I don't believe it because he's not done anything to better Russia. He's only done anything to better himself. And certainly 
in this current crisis that he, that President Putin has created in the Ukraine, he is destroying Russia. Uh, there are lots and lots of soldiers who are dying needlessly, and the Russian economy is dying needlessly, and people are suffering absolutely needlessly for the pride of one man. And what has driven him to this point? It's fear. He's locked into fear. Um, and because uh, he's afraid and he's determined to make everybody else afraid and everything is this circle of fear that has driven a very intelligent, very capable man to do really stupid things. And it's ruined his country. Zelensky, on the other hand, here's a man who may or may not be a very good person. I have no idea. I don't know very much about Zelensky. But what I can see of him is that he has chosen to lead through service and love. He loves his country. He's fighting for his country. He has not created a cult of personality, but he has just said, come and follow me. And rather than the greatest good for him being the protection of himself, his greatest good is the protection of his people. And that's what he's uh, chosen to put first. And uh, that, to me, is a biblical and good leader. So as we um, consider those things, let's, um, let's move to our meditation today. Uh, it's found again in uh, Matthew in chapter 4. And as we're reading through Matthew chapter 4, uh, we see that the tempter comes uh, to Jesus as he's in the wilderness, fasting for 40 days. And as he's fasted for 40 days, the tempter comes and tempts him and says, uh, gives him three temptations. Today we will be looking at the third. Verse 8, again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he said to him, All these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The devil left him, and suddenly angels came and waited on him. So this is a really odd temptation, isn't it? As we as we're reading through here, and the Holy Spirit Holy Spirit highlights uh, this to us and says, "Why well, you need to meditate on this?" So we stop in our reading time and we and we start meditating on this these verses here in verse eight and nine and ten. And here it is, and the devil is taking him and showing him all the kingdoms of the world. And he says, all these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Now, what kind of temptation is this? First of all, we have to ask the question, is, does the devil even have the right to give these things to him? And here's the thing. I, I, I think this is very important. If you go back to Genesis in the very beginning, and God gives man dominion over the earth. Uh, man is supposed to uh, reproduce and cover the earth and and take care of the earth. The earth has been given into the authority of man by God who created the earth. And the first thing that man does is listen to the tempter and give uh, their authority to the tempter by listening to him and eating from the wrong tree. So 
in a sense, uh, the devil does have the right to give these things out because he is has been given authority here on the earth by us. We gave away our power when we gave away the authority that God gave us to the, to the, to the devil, to the enemy. And so the enemy has the right to offer these things to Jesus. So why is he doing this? Well, his own motivation seems to be clear. He's concerned that Jesus is going to come and take these kingdoms away from him in the way that the, the Father has planned. And, and the devil wants to thwart Jesus in these plans. He knows that uh, the way that Jesus is going to do this is going to be costly. Because the way of love is costly. The way of love is self-sacrifice. Greater love has no man than this, than one lays down his life for his friends. So love lays down. Love is giving. This is the whole definition of love, is the self-giving, continually giving, giving away of our power, giving away of our rights, giving away of our strength, giving away of ourselves. And God is love. And he is continually giving, giving, giving away in love. He has created the universe. He sustains it. And he gives and gives and gives. He serves and serves and serves. This is his nature. It's who he is. It's not something he does. It's something that he is. God is love. And love gives away continually. It does not take. It does not manipulate. It does not control uh, we will look at uh, 1 Corinthians uh, 13 uh, in the future, if, um, if the Lord wills, and we'll be able to look at exactly what the definitions of love are as Paul lays them out there. But love is giving away, and the devil knows this, and the devil knows that this is going to cost Jesus a lot. It's going to be painful. It's going to be difficult for him to establish his kingdom in the world the way that it's that God wants to establish it. And so he's offering him here a shortcut. I will go ahead and give you these kingdoms. Now again, what's the, what's the worldly way to do things? What's the devil's way to do things? It's through fear and through power. And so the devil can offer him these things. He can set Jesus up as a powerful general uh, and he can come on that big white horse, which the Jews were expecting him to do anyway, with a sword in his hand, and he can take the kingdom. And then uh, the devil will just give him, give him these things if he becomes the kind of leader that the devil would like him to be, like himself. Because look at the temptation here. If you will bow down and worship me, I'll give you these things. Isaiah says a very interesting thing. Uh, when he's talking to the the Jews of his day, and he says, "Look, you take a piece of wood, and you uh, you cut it up, and part of it you you make a fire and warm yourself, and part of it you take and you make an idol, and you bow down and worship it." And then he says, "Those who worship it become like it. It has ears but can't ear hear. It has eyes but can't see. It has." Uh, hands but cannot do, and and those who worship them become like them. And uh, it's such a powerful word, word from Isaiah, 
but while it's a, a really cool insult for the people of his day that he's uh, trying to, to pull back away from worshiping idols and worshiping to the living God, um, it's also a really cool insight into just the act of worship. What we worship, we admire and respect, and therefore we want to become like. On, on first look, the devil's temptation is, is a complete non-starter, right? I mean, Jesus is going to worship God. He's not going to worship the devil. That's crazy talk. I mean, there's no way he was going to say yes to this. But the, but the temptation is a little bit more subtle than that. The temptation is, don't you want these things? And do you know that you can have these things right now? And that pathway is much easier. It's a pathway of self-aggrandizement. The devil promotes himself. The devil works through fear and manipulation. And the devil can give these kingdoms to Jesus, and he doesn't have to go to the cross. He doesn't have to give away himself. He can take for himself. The temptation isn't just, oh, get on your knees and say, I worship you. Oh, no. The temptation is, you can be like me. And so, a lot of times what we think is, all right, well, normally, in the situation I'm in right now, I can choose love, and that's going to work. But in this other case over here, I'm really going to have to choose fear and pain and hatred and aggression. Um, and we're and we select which situations we're going to operate in which way. And I think what these temptations to me point out is that you don't get to do that. As we think we can do that. We think that we can choose which situations we should be aggressive in and which situations we should be loving in. But the reality is that we are either loving people who worship a loving God or were violent, manipulative, selfish people who operate through fear and were worshipers of Satan. And we, we don't get to, as, as Jesus will later, later say, you can't serve two masters. You, we don't get to choose to do both depending on which way we feel today. We're either loving and self-giving or we're not. And Jesus this day chooses to be loving and self-giving. When he says, you worship the Lord your God and serve only him. You don't get to do two different things. You don't get to say, you know what? I'll just go ahead and take all these kingdoms now through fear and manipulation and set myself up as a king. And then later, you know, I'll be a benevolent dictator. I'll be a, I'll be a loving ruler. And when, once I have my kingdom here in this way, I'll become something else. It doesn't ever work that way, does it? People who compromise and choose fear stay on the wrong road. It just becomes too easy. And it just becomes too hard to choose love. Because love is not an easy road to, to walk. Self-giving, continually giving of yourself as our Father does, is so difficult. We're always afraid that if we just give a little bit more, we won't have anything left. Now, the law of love says the more that you give, the more that you have to give. But 
in our own myopic, narrow view of things. We so often can't see that. We can only see uh, the money we have in our pocket, the strength that we have for today, and we're so concerned that we won't have what we need for tomorrow. If I give it away today, I won't have anything for tomorrow. And, we've, and we so easily forget or set aside or doubt the law of love as the enemy comes to us again and again to offer this same temptation to us as he offered to Jesus and say, you know what? This, this way of love is going to be costly. It's going to be difficult. And you just don't know that you're going to be able to do this. I mean, it's going to be hard. So why don't you just go ahead and utilize fear in this situation and utilize manipulation in this situation? Why don't you just make sure that you get what you need? And after all, it'll be better for everybody because who's, who's a better one to decide the future of things than you? You know, you want to keep things in your control because that's just the way it's going to work out best. And so as we... As, as, as I consider these things and I consider the decisions I have to make today, am I going to just keep giving away in love or am I going to be putting guardrails on and saying, well, I'll give this much, but then no more. If, this, if giving this much doesn't work, I'll go ahead and turn to fear and manipulation. I don't get to serve two masters. And like Jesus I need to say, get thee behind me, Satan. You know, Away with you, Satan, it is written. Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Let's pray and then move to our time of, of contemplative prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for giving and giving and giving. You gave your son who gave himself completely uh, even even to the point of death on the cross. Help me to be such a person who gives himself away, who sacrifices and loves well. Help me to love others well today and forgive me for all the selfish ways that I tried to hold back and protect myself and stay in control. Let me worship you alone. Amen. And now as we move to our, our contemplative prayer, let's read the words from Psalm 42. As a deer longs for flowing streams, so my soul longs for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and behold the face of God? Open the eyes of your heart. Now let's have the blessing from the end of number six to conclude our time. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. 
the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. This has been Meditations from Middle Earth. May God be your ever-present teacher and richly bless you on your journey.